Good evening, everyone, and welcome to episode 16 of Prime Talk with yours truly, the one and only Rodimus Prime, here on this cold and windy Wednesday in my neck of the woods, November 13, 2019. And as always, got a few things on tap, a few things to talk about as well. So you know what? Let's just go ahead and jump right into it. But got a couple news and notes. Uh, first, tonight there will be some basketball, some NBA basketball, if you will, as the 8-2 and two, um, Los Angeles Lakers will take on the 2-9 and nine Golden State Warriors. They will wrap up uh, a doubleheader tonight. But, of course, the Clippers will take on the Houston Rockets. Four teams, well, I should say three out of the four teams, looking pretty impressive. I don't know what's going on with the Warriors. They're 2-9, and nine, so, uh, yeah, they, uh, they're not looking all so hot right now. They're not clicking on all cylinders, but the Lakers are. They and the, the Celtics are. The Boston Celtics and the Lakers, definitely two legendary teams that this year, with the core pieces that they have, are just working to perfection. Uh, as they are striving to win the NBA championship this year. We're still early in the season, so we'll see how everything shapes out within the season. Last night, the Kentucky Wildcats got their first upset. Uh, they lost 67-64, and I got home from work, and I saw this, and I'm like, are you serious? The season just started. The season just started, and they already got a loss. They are now 2-1 and one on the season. But, you know, it goes to show that anybody can get beaten on any given day. So, uh, yeah, the Kentucky Wildcats definitely got a shocker just three games in. Uh, But back to the NBA, I got to say, I don't know how many times I can talk about the sorry New York Knicks. But I just got to go ahead and get this out there. There are reports that President Steve Mills is looking to lay the groundwork to fire David Fisdale, who is the head coach. Now, as of this recording last night, the New York Knicks lost to uh, the Chicago Bulls. And the New York Knicks also are 2-9 and nine on the season. I don't know what people expect out of the Knicks. I really don't. But it's the New York Knicks. How many more times can they end up just being trash? How many years can they go being trash? I mean, seriously, I don't, I don't understand... What expectations people have of the New York Knicks? What kind of roster? How would I describe their roster? They got some good pieces, but overall, I find them to be very weak. The president is trash. The GM is trash. I've given them rant of the week before. So other than that, the New York Knicks are just the New York Knicks. And that's pretty much all I got to say about that. Now, um... First, I'm going to start with some NWA power from last week, and I'll also talk about this week. Uh, but another quick news and note, if you will, I finally finished uh, Power Struggle, uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling's Power Struggle from last week, and that was a pretty damn good show. Um, there was a return as the ticking time bomb Hiromo Takahashi made his return. It is official that uh, he will take on the aerial assassin Will Ospreay. For the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. So that is official. Um, The main event was Jay White defending the Intercontinental title against Hiroki Goto. I thought it was an okay match. Of course, there was some involvement with Bullet Club's own uh, Kenta. He got a little physical with Katsuyuri Shibata. Laid him out a little bit. But uh, Jay White retains the championship. Afterwards, Naito, Kota Ibushi, and Okada came out there. So this is the groundwork for the main events for nights one and two, being that Wrestle Kingdom is a uh, two-night event, first time ever. On night one, we will have the Intercontinental Championship defended as uh, Jay White will defend against Tetsuya Naito and, of course, Kota Ibushi, who won the G1 early this year. Will challenge for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship against Okada. Whoever the champions of those matches are will face off on night two. And whoever wins becomes double champion. Yes, they got this recurring theme where this recurring theme, if you will, where everybody wants to be a double champion. From Naito, who started the whole thing, to Okada, Kodebushi, Jay White. 
so on and so forth. So again, whoever the winners of those championship matches are on night one will meet on night two. The losers of those matches will face off, and I guess whoever wins will become number one contender to whichever championship. I don't think they specified that as I was watching. So that's going to be mighty interesting. A lot at stake at Wrestle Kingdom next year on nights one and two. Also, show and Yo Rapungi 3K, they won the Super Junior Tag League for the third consecutive year. They will challenge Bone Soldier Taiji Ishimori and ELP El, El Fantasmo for the IWGP uh, Junior Tag Team Championships and a list of other matches that will be that have been announced. This will also be Jushin Thunder Liger's last year. He will make it, he will officially announce his retirement. Or he's basically said he's calling it quits. So after Wrestle Kingdom, that's it. He's hanging it up. He's hanging the mask up, hanging the boots up, so on and so forth. And on January 6th, uh, January 6th will be New Year's Dash, but in a bigger building. They did specify that it will be in a bigger building. So I will be looking forward to those three nights, if you will, January's 4th, 5th, and the 6th. So it's going to be pretty incredible for New Japan Pro Wrestling. Now let's talk about NWA Power. We're going to start off with last week and then we're going to fast forward to this week. Uh, I thought both shows were good, especially this week with all the commotion going on towards the end. But last week, Dave Marquez, he interviewed Colt Cabana as he was getting ready for his uh, national championship match against the Cowboy James Storm later in the night. Aaron Stevens, he requested a match. He requested a rematch, if you will, against Ricky Starks, who beat him the week prior. So we would see that later on in the show. The first match was Matthew Mims and Jordan Kingsley taking on the Dawsons. Of course, the Dawsons ended up getting the victory. They demanded a tag team title shot. Now, Homicide and uh, Eddie Kingston, uh, known as Outlaw Inc. I actually like that name. They came out and they said, look, you guys beat us. But, if you beat us again, you'll get a tag team title shot. If not, then we get a tag team title shot. So, uh, would they face off later on tonight? I don't know. But they did lay down the challenge to the Dawsons. So, we shall see how they responded. Uh, Tim Storm. He was being interviewed by Joe Galley. Uh, they showed a little interview during the show. In comes the NWA World Champion, Nick Aldis. He pulled him to the side, kind of interrupted the interview, saying, Look, me and you laid the groundwork for this place. Don't do something or don't say anything that you're going to regret later on. You don't have to do this. You know, he talked about how people like Eli Drake are constantly trying to get into his head, so on and so forth. So my, my whole thing is this, and I've been thinking about it since last week. I don't know if it's just me or if, I don't know if I'm just the way I'm looking at things. There is something going on, and I can't quite put my finger on it. I don't know what it is, but I can't quite put my finger on it. Because you have this stuff with Aldis and Camille, Eli Drake always getting in the fold, James Storm. You know, people wanting the shot at uh, the world title, Tim Storm trying to debate his future, contemplating his future. I don't know what it is, but it's something... It, it's it's just something I can't quite put my finger on. It's some something is going on. I don't know what it is, but it's something that's that's going on there. Uh, afterwards, Thunder Rosa, she made her in-ring debut against Ashley Vox. Uh, of course, Thunder Rosa got the victory. Afterwards, Allison K, she came out to uh, confront Marty Bell. Marty Bell, she has this little beef with Allison K because Allison said that she wasn't ready for a championship shot. And afterwards, Thunder Rosa just popped out of nowhere again and attacked the champion. And Marty Bell, Marty Bell laid out the champion. So she has an alliance with uh, Thunder Rosa. So this is very interesting. Next, we had the rematch between Ricky Starts and Aaron Stevens in a two out of three falls match. Now, the first fall was very quick. Uh, Ricky Starts got the victory there. 
Um, afterwards, the second fall was kind of more competitive, but Ricky Starts ended up winning two to zero. And Aaron Stevens, he's just been on the short end of the stick. He's just had bad luck since debuting in the NWA. Then we had the national championship on the line, the Cowboy James Storm, who won the championship months prior to this, taking on the former champion, Colt Cabana. Colt Cabana was back healthy and ready. He was ready to go. And this turned out to be a competitive match. And in the end, Colt Cabana... I guess with some help from Camille because there was some there was some stuff going on because Colt Cabana had Mr. Anderson in his corner. James Storm had Eli Drake in his corner. They kind of got involved a little bit. Camille came out there and because of Camille, Colt Cabana became the new champion. So that was pretty interesting. You know, it's a lot going on as far as Camille is concerned and uh, only time will tell. Will she speak? I'll be glad when she does because I... I Definitely think she has a lot to say. But anyway, then the Dawsons came out there with the time that they had left in the show. They called out uh, Outlaw Inc. They had a match. Uh, the tag team champions, the wild cards, you know, they tried to get involved. Uh, during the match, I guess the closing in the closing end of the match, Homicide went up to the top rope. And the wild cards were holding his legs until the Rock and Roll Express... Ricky Morton and um, Robert Gibson. I almost forgot his name. Robert Gibson and Ricky Morton came out there to make the save. And because of them, Outlaw Inc. got the victory. So on the next show, which was uh, last last night as of this recording, they would get a tag team title shot. So you know what? Let's just go ahead and fast forward to it. And then we're going to talk some NXT. Um... The main event, of course, was for the Tag Team Championships. And I'll tell you what. I'll talk about the tail end of the show because there was a lot going on. But Dave Marquez, he kicked off the show um, interviewing the legendary Rock and Roll Express. They talked about Eddie Kingston and Homicide, giving them the stamp of approval. So they were hyped. They were ready for their match. And uh, basically, I couldn't agree more with Eddie Kingston when he said that the Rock and Roll Express... Is the greatest tag team of all time. I mean, how could you not argue with that? The first match of the show was Trevor Murdoch taking on Caleb uh, Conley. Trevor Murdoch, he's on this quest to, I guess, earn the respect of the NWA. Uh, he wants a contract. You know, he's he was kind of out of the business for a while, but he got back into the swing of things. And he picked up a nice W for himself against Caleb Conley. So... Trevor Murdoch is on the roll there. Joe Galley, he interviewed uh, Aaron Stevens, who basically said, I quit. And the fans started chanting the Na 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 song. And you know what? No disrespect to Aaron Stevens. Not that I don't like him. I kind of find him annoying with his pirate outfits and all this stuff. So, he's basically said that he's done in the NWA. Next, we had... Women's tag team action as Marty Bell and Thunder Rosa took on the team of Crystal Rose and Brooklyn Creed. This was a no-brainer that uh, Thunder Rosa and um, Marty Bell got the victory. They put the women's champion on notice. They said that Allison Kay has no idea what's coming to her. So, yeah, the women's champion better look out. And I think Thunder Rosa, if not her... Uh, Marty Bell is coming for that championship. Next, we had an interview with Colt Cabana. He was so excited to be the new champion. You know, he talked about how he regained the championship, how he had momentum on his side. And out comes Ricky Starks. Ricky Starks is circling Colt Cabana, kind of making Colt Cabana nervous there. But, uh, yeah, he uh, looks like he's eyeing that national championship. And I wouldn't mind seeing a match between those two because I'm a real, I'm starting to be a real fan of uh, Ricky Starks for the little that I've watched of him. Watched of him, excuse me. Him and uh, Thunder Rosa are two of my favorites so far uh, while watching NWA Power. And another thing I want to talk about about this show: the damn commercials. The commercials are funny as hell. If you watch NWA Power whether it's on Facebook or YouTube, and you watch these commercials, you know what I'm talking about. 
I mean, I get a kick out of these commercials. They're some of the best commercials around. I mean, I know some of them don't make sense, but uh, I really like what I see here. So kudos to uh, Billy Corgan and the NWA and whoever decides to come up with those commercials there. Dan Parker, the D-man Dan Parker. He took on the question mark. And I laughed my butt off when I saw this. This guy's name literally was the question mark. And he had a, a mask. A black mask with a white question mark on it. I cannot make this up, people. His name was the question mark. And he beat Dan Parker. And clearly, I'm sitting there watching on my phone, and I'm like, that's clearly Josephus. You cannot tell me from his stature, from the way he sounds, all that stuff, that's clearly Josephus. But it was funny. It got over. People loved it. So the question mark, and yes, I put the question mark with three question marks, got the victory, got the W in his debut match on NWA Power. They showed a video package of Thunder Rosa preparing for her MMA fight. Uh, she recently had a match. Unfortunately, she lost. But uh, they got this series of her called Into the Cage. I really like that. That's a nice name. I mean, being it's MMA related. So it's coming soon here on NWA Power. I'll be watching that for sure. Eli Drake. He came out to address the crowd. He came out to talk about... The situation with Camille, of course, Nick Aldis, so on and so forth. The wild cards, uh, Royce, I Royce uh, Isaacs and Tom Lattimore came out to confront him. And Tom said that uh, he needs to mind his business. I don't know what's going on there. Eli Drake made it clear, like, I ain't got no beef with you, but uh, Tom wasn't having it. He said, you need to mind your business. And then came out uh, Mr. Anderson. He said, look, all you got to do is say my name. Anderson. That's all you got to do. So it's a lot going on here on this show. It's a lot of questions that needed to be answered. So I don't, I don't really know what the gist of this whole situation was. But like I said, there are a lot of questions that needed to be answered. And yeah, a lot of... Uh, a lot of uh, moving pieces interacting with each other, if you will. Um, next, we had another interview with uh, the NWA World Champion, Nick Aldis. He talked about how things should be done the right way. He talked about how if you want to be a champion, if you want to contend for a championship, you have to do things the right way. So what he did, he decided that he was going to sit at ringside for the Tag Team Championship match involving Outlaw Inc. and the Wild Cards, which I thought was a decent match. Um, the Wild Cards are still your NWA World Tag Team Champions. Afterwards, uh, Camille came out there. This was the first time throughout the whole show that we saw Camille. She came out there. Uh, Nick tried to send her to the back. The wild cards got in his face. Eli Drake came out there. Mr. Anderson, Cole Cabana. Pretty much the whole locker room came out there pointing fingers, yelling and fussing at each other. And I just, I kind of found it weird at first because it's so much going on at one time. You know what I'm saying? And it was just like, what, what is really, what is really going on here? And that's pretty much how we ended the show. Um, before I talk about NXT from last week... I want to talk about MLW. Now, I didn't get the chance to watch the pay-per-view Saturday Night Super Fight like I wanted. But they did show highlights of the pay-per-view, especially the main event. Good Lord. From the highlights I saw and from what I read, that main event was killer. Uh, the main event was a no-disqualification match for the world title. L.A. Park representing Promociones Dorado. Challenging Jacob Fatu of Contra Unit. Uh, towards the end of the match, Selena De La Renta got speared through the table and got laid out. And because of that, Jacob Fatu retained the championship. Um, Austin Aries, he 
challenged uh, Teddy Hart for the World Middleweight Championship. He came up a little short. We have new tag team champions in the Von Erics as they defeated the the Dynasty, so on and so forth. But that main event, though, that main event, it said a lot. Because uh, one, I guess you can say one Dynasty, no pun intended, has fallen. And the other one is still on the rise. Being the Contra unit. So they stood tall raising their flag. As a bloodied Jacob Fatu retained the championship. And speaking of Contra unit. Let's talk about this week's episode. Uh, there were two matches on the show. Which I thought were pretty good. Uh, but the Contra unit basically came out and said. That we want all the gold. We got the world title. We want the middleweight title. We want the tag team titles. Don't forget the. National Openweight Championship, so they might want to get a crack at that. But as far as I'm concerned, uh, they have made it clear, they have laid the groundwork for capturing all the gold in Major League Wrestling. They called out the Hart Foundation. Afterwards, there was a little skirmish. Referees and security had to break them up. But the first match on the show was um, Timothy Thatcher versus Loki, which I thought was a good uh, technical match, of course, low-key being the smaller of the two, but he got it done with submission. He choked out the larger man known as Timoth- Timothy Thatcher, which I thought was a very good technical match again, so that was kind of shocking for me because I thought that Tim Thatcher would get the W, but unfortunately not, so a uh, good win for low-key. Uh, during the show, the Von Erics and uh, Tom Lawler entered the building. One reporter asked Tom Lawler about his future in Major League and asked, was he going to WWE, Ring of Honor? And uh, Lawler kind of had like a snobbish, rudish type attitude asking, you know, who does he work for? Does he work for the dirt sheets? Does he work for the torch? So on and so forth. So he really didn't answer the question. He was kind of rude about it, kind of snobbish, like, you know, where are you getting this from? In which I can understand because there are a lot of rumors thrown out, you know, not just about him, just in wrestler, just about wrestlers in general. So I get where he's coming from. Uh, In the main event, we had the World Middleweight Championship. It was Myron Reed representing Injustice, taking on champion uh, Teddy Hart representing the Hart Foundation. Of course, the other two members of Injustice got involved. But it wasn't enough because Teddy Hart found a way to outsmart them. Until Joseph Samael came down and threw a fireball in Teddy Hart's face. I gotta say that guy is very unstable. (laughs) Because apparently he likes to play with fire a lot. I don't know if he played with fire as a kid. I'm not condoning any kid to play with fire because you will get burned. If you're Jacob Fatu, then evidently, I mean if you're Joseph Samael, then evidently not. He threw the fireball in his face, and I think Myron Reed hit like a 450. And because of that, Myron Reed, hot fire Myron Reed, is your new MLW World Middleweight Champion. So Injustice has some justice as they captured their first piece of gold. You see where I was going there? So shout out to Myron Reed on the win. But as far as this stuff with Contra Unit and the Hart Foundation... Oh boy, I don't think this is over quite yet. This is just the beginning. Now let's talk about NXT. Now last week, uh, the OC invaded Full Sail. First time ever AJ Styles, Carl Anderson, and Luke Gallows were in Full Sail, were in NXT. And they talked about how basically they're going to take over. Out comes Tommaso Ciampa. He said that NXT is the main roster because he gets questions about if he's going to the main roster. He said this is the main roster. So later on, he proposed a six-man tag team match with the OC against Ciampa. And Matt Riddle and Keith Lee came out to join him. So that's pretty incredible. So we would definitely see that as the main event. Now, before all of this, the OC... They laid out the Undisputed Era. So they were making it clear that Raw or SmackDown or whoever is basically going to annihilate NXT come Survivor Series. 
First match on the card, we had Pete Dunne versus um, Damian Priest. Pete Dunne got the win with the finger snap submission. Killian Dane, he came out to lay out the bruiser weight, making a statement and sending a message to not only him, Tyler Bate, and anybody who gets in his way. He also laid out Damian Priest. So we thought we saw an alliance, but evidently not. Killian Dane, again, making a statement to any and everybody in the NXT locker room. Next, we had Tynara. She took on Santana Garrett, which I thought was okay. Uh, Tynara picked up the victory. She doesn't get many wins here, but she got one uh, last week on NXT. Dakota Kai, she took on Shayna Baszler in a non-title match. Of course, the Queen of Spades, the NXT Women's Champion, picked up the victory. Um, afterwards, Shayna and her crew decided that they were going to attack until Rhea Ripley and her team... Came out there and they brawled. Out comes Mia Yim with a kendo stick and just whacking Shayna Baszler and her team left and right. Later on in the show, Rhea would pick the final member of her team. Now in the back you had, of course, Rhea Ripley, Tegan Knotts, Candice LeRae, Mia Yim, uh, and uh, Dakota Kai. Now, every, now, I was thinking Dakota Kai was going to get picked. She was going to be the final member of Team Ripley. Unfortunately for her, she wasn't because Mia Yim was chosen. And Rhea just looked at her and said, I'm sorry, you didn't make the cut. And you could clearly tell, you could clearly tell Dakota was pissed. Now, I keep saying this, and I could easily be wrong. I could see uh, Dakota Kai turning heel. I mean, maybe it would be right. I don't know. Again, I could clearly be wrong, but we'll see how everything plays out. As far as Team Baszler, Team Ripley, and Dakota Kai are concerned, heading into TakeOver War Games. Next, we had Tony Nese taking on uh, Angel Garza. We're on tonight's show as of this recording. The winner would take on Leo Rush for the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. The funny part about this match was Tony Nese powerbombing a pair of pants. Yes, he ripped off... Uh, Angel's pants. You know, he likes to rip off his clothes. I don't know who does that more, he or Tai Chi. But anyway, this was a good match. Angel Garza got the victory over a cruiserweight champion. So he will take on Leo Rush tonight. Afterwards, Leo came out there, stuck his hand out, and he got slapped. He got slapped in the face. So I definitely, I definitely expect that match to be killer uh, like I said, tonight, as of this recording, Leo Rush will defend the NXT Cruiserweight Championship against Angel Garza. Uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott, he took on Dominic Dijakovic. This match was good. I enjoyed both these guys. I mean, these guys can do no wrong. I enjoyed this match a lot, but Dominic Dijakovic picked up the victory there. Uh, also tonight, Mia Yim will take on Io Shirai. Mia, Mia Yim representing... Team Ripley, Io Shirai representing Team Baszler in a ladder match. The winner of the ladder match gets the advantage for her, for her team. So that should be good. Whoever grabs the contract basically gets the advantage for her team. And in the main event, we had the OC taking on Tommaso Ciampa and Keith Lee. Tommaso Ciampa, Keith Lee, and Matt Riddle. I mean... This was a good match. You might as well say Bullet Club and Ring of Honor took over NXT. But this match went to a no contest. Uh, reason being is because uh, Balor got involved. The referee was down. Adam Cole hit the super kick on, uh, I think it was AJ Styles. No, it was Tommaso Ciampa. And he, then he hit the last shot. And we ended the show with a stare down between Adam Cole and Finn Balor. Now, the question is, where does Finn Balor lie in all of this? Now, he's not going to take on Johnny Gargano because it was reported last night Johnny Gargano will not be a part of War Games due to a neck injury. So the question is, where does what kind of role does Finn Balor play leading up to War Games? And War Games is going to be incredible because it looks like we're having two... War Games matches, men and women's, and Survivor Series looks like this is going to be one of the best Survivor Series pay-per-views in quite some time. And I don't have the full card in front of me, but uh, some of the matches that they 
did announce um, one match I'm looking forward to. AJ Styles, the United States champion, representing Monday Night Raw, taking on the North American champion, Roger Strong, representing the Undisputed Era in NXT. And they will take on the Intercontinental champion, Shinsuke Nakamura, representing SmackDown. I am looking forward to that match. Can you say show stealer? Give them a good 20 minutes and they will go out there and turn it up. I'm looking forward to that match. Um, tag team match and we have the Viking Raiders, uh, the Raw Tag Team Champions taking on NXT Tag Team Champions. The Undisputed Era taking on the new SmackDown Tag Team Champions, um, the New Day. And it was reported that they will defend their titles against former champions, the Revival. So it looks like we may see the old title switcheroo, if you will. But anyway, um, yeah, that's going down. Women's action, of course. Raw Women's Champion Becky Red Belts, Becky Lynch taking on NXT Women's Champion Shayna Baszler, taking on SmackDown Women's Champion uh, Bailey. Both men, both men's um, Raw and SmackDown five on. Five-man teams have been announced for Monday Night Raw. You have Seth Rollins as the captain and Roman Reigns as the captain for SmackDown. On Monday Night Raw, you have Reigns, Randy Orton, Kevin Owens, Ricochet, and Drew McIntyre. And from SmackDown, what I saw was um, Chad Gable. I'm not calling him Shorty G. I am not doing that. Uh, King Corbin, Mustafa Ali, and Braun Strowman. Not bad. Now the question is, where does the NXT five-man team lie? Who's going to be on that team? I'm pretty sure Adam Cole is going to be the captain of that team. So like I said, Survivor Series is looking to be pretty damn incredible. Now let's talk about some football. And as I'm looking at my notes, you know, this was a pretty interesting week. Which one should I start off with? You know what? I'm going to talk about some college football first. That's where I'm going to go with all of this. I'm going to start some college football off first. Um, college football rankings this week says will say a lot. Uh, the playoffs will definitely say a lot. Um, there are going to be some teams that need some help as far as the games are concerned. So uh, let's just go ahead and talk about last week before I talk about this week. Uh, last week. We had, of course, the big game, Alabama-LSU. LSU picking up the victory there. I'll talk more about that later. But last Tuesday, we had Toledo versus Kent State. Toledo won 35-33. Western Michigan over Ball State, 35-31. Miami of Ohio last Wednesday. They defeated Ohio 24-21. On Thursday, you had... Louisiana versus Coastal Carolina and Temple versus USF. Uh, Louisville got the victory. I mean, I'm sorry, Louisiana. They picked up a huge victory. 48 to 7. Temple over um, South Florida in a good one, 17 to 7. And on Friday, we had Tulsa versus UCF. They're practically done for the year. UCF, all this talk the last couple of years, they're just done. And then we had Washington versus Oregon State. Tulsa picked up the victory over UCF 34-31. And Washington over Oregon State 19-7. Now on Saturday, there were some pretty good games. It's set for uh, Air Force in New Mexico. That was postponed, I assume, due to weather, so on and so forth. But let's just go ahead and run down the scores from... Uh, Saturday, number one, Ohio State. They played Maryland. Do I need to tell you who won that game? Do you even know who won that game? Do I even need to talk about this? Because Ohio State ran over Maryland, 73-14. Let me repeat that score again. Ohio State ran all over Maryland, 73-14. That is terrible. Did Maryland even practice? That is my question throughout that whole game. Did they even practice? Now, they put up 14 points. But for you to just get whooped like that, that is terrible. That is completely and utterly terrible. As I mentioned, LSU, 
Boy, I got to take a deep breath on this because this was a good game here. LSU won for the first time in eight years in Tuscaloosa, 46-41. Joe Burrow had one of the best games of his college career. And I, and I said this. Uh, Joe Burrow, in my opinion, is an automatic pick to win the Heisman Trophy. He's my automatic pick to win the Heisman Trophy. And Coach Orgeron... He is, uh, let's just say he's on pace to win Coach of the Year. I would be stunned if he did not win Coach of the Year. Why would you not give him that award? And Joe Burrow, you know, I I haven't kept up with him like that. But as far as I'm concerned, whichever NFL team needs a quarterback, you would be stupid not to pick on him. You would be stupid to pass up on him, as far as I'm concerned. Because I can name a list of teams... That need a quarterback. The Browns. The Jets. The Bears. Because as far as I'm concerned, Mitchell Travinsky in Chicago, he ain't cutting it. And like one of my coworkers said, you they'd be crazy not to automatically start him. Why would you not want to start him? He looks like a franchise quarterback. He plays like a franchise quarterback. So yeah, Joe Burrow, in my opinion... He's an automatic lock to win the high I could be wrong, though. Minnesota, they defeated Penn State 34-26. I mean, 31-26. Clemson, all over North Carolina State, 55-10. Georgia, just whooping on Missouri, 27-0. I'll talk more about them come Week 12 rankings. Um, Oklahoma, in a close one against Iowa State, 42-41. Florida all over Vanderbilt 56 to 0. Good lord. Then we had Baylor, who uh, shockingly, or should I say barely, outlasted TCU in three overtimes 29 23. Wisconsin defeating Iowa 24 22. Notre Dame all over Duke 38 to 7. Texas upsetting number 16, Kansas State. 27-24, Virginia Tech upsetting Wake Forest, also 36-17, Western Kentucky over Arkansas, and let's talk about Arkansas for a minute, they lost 45-19, and oh by the way, they fired their head coach, Chad Morris, yeah, Chad Morris, in the two seasons that he was there, he was 4-18, and his record and his performance, his piss poor performance as head coach spoke for itself. 4-18. and 18. Even the fans during halftime were calling for their coach to be fired. And that's terrible. That is bad when the fans during halftime call for you to be fired. And from what I heard, he wasn't cutting it at all. I don't care what nobody said. He was not cutting it. 4-18. and 18, You know, I never played football or nothing like that. Not on that level. But I could probably do a better coaching job than him. He had to go. So yeah, they got destroyed, forty-nine to nineteen. Texas Tech defeated Western West Virginia, thirty-eight seventeen. Purdue over Northwestern, twenty-four twenty-two. Florida State, uh, post Willie Taggart, defeated Boston College, thirty-eight thirty-one. Uh, then we had Virginia over Georgia Tech, thirty-three twenty-eight. Colorado over Stanford, sixteen thirteen. Texas State over South Alabama, 30-28. Troy defeating Georgia Southern in a big one, 49-28. Miami over Louisville, 52-27. USC defeated Arizona State, 31-26. Southern Miss over UAB, 37-2. Those were the only points that UAB scored, which is two points. And they got whooped at home. Uh, anyway, Louisiana Monroe over Georgia State, 45-31. Florida State, Florida Atlantic, sorry, defeated uh, Florida International, 37-7. Cal getting the W against Washington State, 33-20. App State defeated South Carolina, 20-15. And this was the first time in a long time that Appalachian State defeated two Power 5 teams. And as far as South Carolina goes, it's this debate on whether Will Muschamp will stay or whether he should go. I've never been a Will Muschamp fan, but in my opinion, come at the end of the season, 
he's got to go. And they're talking about like an $18.5 million buyout. Bump all that. Of course they're going to give him his money, but I'm not, you know, I'm not saying he doesn't deserve his money. He's just got to go because he's not cutting it in South Carolina. So, yeah, he's got to go. Tennessee, they defeated Kentucky 17-13 Nevada over South, over San Diego State uh, 17-13 Hawaii over San Jose State 42-20. Wow. And as I mentioned, Arizona State uh, Air Force in New Mexico was postponed. Now let's talk week 12. The college football playoff rankings have been released for the second week. Uh, we got from now to the last batch of uh, rankings that come out in a few weeks. And I tell you what, this Saturday and beyond is going to be mighty interesting. Because it's going to determine who gets in and who doesn't get in. And it's going to be a lot of controversy. Especially with this Saturday. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to start from 25 all the way to 7. I'm going to talk about 1 through 6. So let's talk about 25 through 7 in order. 25 through 7 goes like this. Appalachian State, Kansas State, Navy, Oklahoma State, Boise State, Iowa, Texas, Memphis, Cincinnati, Notre Dame, Michigan, Wisconsin, Baylor, Auburn, Florida, Oregon, Penn State, Minnesota, and Utah. Now, 1 through 6. There's been a lot of debate this week at the last night about 1 through 6. And as far as I'm concerned, I have some things I need to say about that. So, I'm going to start with 1 through 4 in order, respectfully. 1 through 4 goes like this. LSU, who should be number 1, rightfully so. Ohio State, Clemson, and Georgia. 5 through 6 in order. Alabama and Oregon. Now, I just got done talking about week 11 scores, and Alabama lost last week, okay? Oregon, their only loss this year is against Auburn, and since then, they have won eight straight games, so they're going to need some help to get in, but not as bad as Alabama. You take Georgia, for example. Georgia has to play Auburn this Saturday at 2.30. If Georgia loses... There should be no debate on who should get in, and that should be Alabama. If Georgia loses, they're practically done. Let's just say they're done at this point. And even if they lose in the SEC championship come next month, they're still done. All right? The one thing that hangs over Georgia's head is that questionable loss against South Carolina. All right? South Carolina beat Georgia at home. I'm still scratching my head off that. South Carolina was the same team who got whooped by Alabama by almost 30. And Alabama, as far as I'm concerned, they they still got to play Auburn at the end of the year. The Iron Bowl, the Saturday after Thanksgiving. They could there's a possibility that that they, that they could beat Auburn or they could lose against Auburn. Depending on what, depending on who comes out to play more or who plays the hardest. But as far as Georgia is concerned, I mean, Georgia, they they could easily get two losses after Saturday. And they could easily get three come next month. So within the span of weeks, you've lost against South Carolina, possibly Auburn, possibly against LSU. You're done. Don't talk to me about a playoff. Don't talk to me about a playoff. And I have said it time and time again, and I will continue to say it. There's some debate that LSU could lose because they still got to play Georgia. All right? LSU clearly is the dominant team of all the other five teams. You make a case for Oregon. You make a case for Clemson. You make a case, a strong case for Alabama. As far as I'm concerned, depending on how everything shapes out, I still think that Alabama will get in. And I think they should. And that's coming from an Auburn fan. I think Alabama should get in. Now, week 12. Um, Let's talk about some uh, games or some scores that have already happened. Uh, Last night, Eastern Michigan defeated Akron 42-14. Western Michigan over... Uh, Ohio 37-34 in overtime. 
Then we got a couple games for tonight, tomorrow, Friday, and of course Saturday. Uh, tomorrow, I mean, excuse me, tonight, Bowling Green will take on Miami of Ohio, followed by Northern Illinois against Toledo. Tomorrow, Buffalo will take on Kent State, followed by North Carolina versus Pitt. Friday, and Friday will have Louisiana Tech versus Marshall, followed by Fresno State versus San Diego uh, State University. I don't know why I want to say South Dakota. You know, South Dakota, San Diego, they both got the first two letters. I don't know why I want to say South Dakota so bad. But anyway, um, I'm picking Bowling Green tonight over Miami of Ohio. I'm going to say somewhere down the lines of 39-28. 39-28 is my final. Then Northern Illinois versus Toledo. I'm picking Toledo to win that one 24-10. That is my final on that game. Then tomorrow, uh, Buffalo versus Kent State. North Carolina versus Pitt. Um, Buffalo, I don't know about Buffalo. I really don't keep up with Buffalo, nor do I care. No disrespect. But I'm picking Kent State. I'm going to say Kent State wins. By the score of 33-17. to 17. That's my final on that score. Followed by North Carolina and Pitt. They've had some decent seasons, I guess. Uh, North Carolina has, more, has had more of an up and down season. So I'm going to take Pitt over North Carolina. 42-20. to 20 Over the Tar Heels. Tomorrow, on uh, Friday... I don't know why I want to keep saying tomorrow. My words are just flabbergasted at this point. But Louisiana Tech on Friday will take on Marshall. I'm picking Marshall by the score of 26-20. And Fresno State taking on San Diego State University. I'm picking Fresno State in a big one. 45-14 is my final. Uh, And then Saturday, of course, handful of games on tap. Looking at the schedule for Saturday... You have Alabama versus Mississippi State in an early game, 11 o'clock. You know, I would really hate to be a coach or a player on the team knowing that I got to get up and get ready for a game at 11 o'clock. Like, that would really suck. Uh, You got Florida versus Missouri, Wisconsin versus Notre Dame. You got other games like Alabama State and Florida State. I think that can be mighty interesting there. Uh, what else? You have Troy versus Texas State. Not really looking forward to that one. Uh, Wake Forest versus Clemson. Georgia versus Auburn. And that's another thing about Georgia. A lot of Alabama fans are wanting Auburn to win so they can get in. I'm hoping Auburn wins, but, you know, it's going to be tough coming off a of bye week. So Alabama fans got their fingers crossed that Auburn can knock off Georgia. Uh, you got Texas versus Iowa State, Virginia Tech versus Georgia Tech. That could be good. Uh, Kentucky versus Vanderbilt. Let's see. Let's see. Syracuse versus Duke. Oklahoma versus Baylor. Hmm. Ten versus thirteen. That could be good. Uh, South Carolina versus Texas A&M, and other games that are on tap. So let's just go ahead and give my prediction, shall we? Uh, on Saturday, as I mentioned, number five Alabama against. Mississippi State, I'm taking Alabama. No secret there. 39 to 3 is my final. Indiana versus Pitt versus Penn State. Penn State looking to get a bounce back win after losing to Minnesota last week. I'm taking Penn State over Indiana. I'm going to say I'm going to go on a limb and say 35 20. 35-20. Florida versus Missouri. I mean no secret there. Florida's going to win. Big, I'm going to say 49-14. Wisconsin versus Nebraska. Nebraska just having one tough season. Uh, Wisconsin is my pick. 39, 39-14. 39-14 is my final. Michigan State versus Michigan. Now, Michigan can get beat in this game, but I doubt they'll get beat. So I'm going to go on a limb and say uh, 41 I think that could be a decent game. So I'm going to take the Wolverines. 49-24 over the Spartans. Next, we have Kansas challenging number 22, Oklahoma State. I'm picking 
I'm picking Oklahoma State to win that one. I'm going to say 29-24. That will be my pick, 29-24. Alabama State versus Florida State. I think that could be a good one. But I'm going to go with the uh, Seminoles over the Hornets. So I'm going to say Florida State wins by the score of 35-20. Tulane versus Temple. I'm picking Tulane in that one. I'm going to say 19-13. UTEP challenging UAB. I think UAB can get a bounce back win in that one. So I'm going to go and say uh, 38-10. 38-10 UAB Blazers win. Number 23, Navy will challenge number 16, Notre Dame. I'm picking Notre Dame in that one. Hell, they might blow them out. So if that's the case, I'm going to say 49-24. to How about that? Troy taking on Texas State. I'm picking Troy in that one. 30 to 20. Louisiana Monroe. They will go on the road to challenge Georgia Southern. I'm going to go with Georgia Southern in this one. You know, Louisiana Monroe, from what I've seen, is an okay team. Nothing overly spectacular. But I'm going to go with Georgia Southern. So I'm going to go on the limb and say 29 to 17. Georgia Southern is my pick. Ohio State versus Rutgers. I mean, let's move on. Ohio State's going to win. I'm not even going to say what the score is. Let's just go ahead and move on because Rutgers is just, it's Rutgers. Wake Forest versus number three, Clemson. Um, This could be a tight game. Clemson hasn't necessarily looked like a championship team. But I think they can get the W in this one. So I'm going to go and say uh, Clemson picks up the victory 41-28. to They'll struggle. Uh, Trevor Lawrence will struggle during the game. But I think he and the squad can get it done. Georgia versus Auburn. As I just mentioned, Alabama fans got their fingers crossed that Auburn knots off Georgia. This is a 4-12 versus 12 matchup. Um, Auburn playing at home. I tell you what, Auburn better come with their A game. Because if they don't, they're going to end up suffering their third loss. I want to pick Auburn. I got my fingers crossed as an Auburn fan that we knock off the Georgia Bulldogs. But, you know, something within me is saying that Georgia will win. So my, my head is saying, my head is saying Georgia. My heart is, no, my head is saying, yeah, my heart is saying Auburn. My heart is saying Auburn. My head is saying Georgia. So which one do I go with? I'm going to go with my heart and say Auburn knots off Georgia barely. 34-26. No, no, no. I take that back. 34-23 Auburn. I'm picking Auburn and Alabama fans will rejoice. I don't know if they'll rejoice come Iron Bowl, but they'll rejoice for the time being. So I'm picking Auburn to knock off Georgia, 34-23. And this could be a scenario. This could be a scenario where two years ago when Auburn knocked off two number one teams in two weeks. This could be a scenario. So basically through all of this, Auburn is a wild card, if you will. Memphis, they will take on Houston. I'm picking, I'm going to say Houston. I think Houston can get the upset against uh, number 18, Memphis. I'm going to say Houston wins barely 31-27. So Houston's my pick to get the upset, followed by number 19, Texas versus Iowa State. I'm taking Texas in that one. 32-20 is my final in that one. West Virginia, they would challenge number 24, Kansas State. I think Kansas State can win. So I'm going to pick Kansas State. I'm going to say 28-17. Followed by Virginia Tech and Georgia Tech. That should be a good one. I don't know. You got two teams who really don't look all that great. But I'm going to pick Georgia Tech. I'm going to say Georgia Tech wins by the score of uh, 36. I'm going to say 36-27. Georgia Tech. Kansas. I mean, not Kansas, but Kentucky. They would take on Vanderbilt. I'm going to take Kentucky, 28-7. Vanderbilt is just Vanderbilt, so I'm taking Kentucky in that one. 
followed by number eight, Minnesota, the undefeated eighth-ranked Minnesota. Uh, they defeated Penn State last week. They will take on number 20, Iowa, this week. I'm going to say Minnesota continues to roll. They are a very hot team this year. Now, usually we talk about the obvious, you know, Alabama, Clemson, Penn State, Georgia. But really, no one is giving Minnesota a look. They are undefeated at this point. And, uh, yeah, they got a tough one on their hands against number 20, Iowa. But I think they can get it done. I'm going to go and say uh, Minnesota picks up the victory 34-18. 34-18, Iowa. Syracuse versus Duke. I'm going to pick Duke over Syracuse. I'm going to pick the Blue Devils over the Orange by the score of 27-24. Hawaii versus UNLV. Huh, who do I want to win that one? I'm going to take UNLV. I'm going to say 27-13 UNLV. Stanford taking on Washington State. I'm picking Washington. No, I'm picking Stanford to win. I'm going to say Washington. I'm picking Stanford to win. Um... I'm going to say 30, 30 to 17. Stanford not having the best season, but I think they can get the W. Southern Miss will take on UTSA. I'm picking Southern Miss to win that one by the score of 28 to 14. Followed by number one LSU, the number one ranked team in the country, the LSU Tigers taking on Ole Miss. Of course, LSU is going to win. So I'm not even going to give a score on that one. Followed by Cincinnati against USF. I'm picking Cincinnati to win that one. By the score of 26-3. to I'm going to say 26-3 is my final. Oklahoma. They will take on number 13 Baylor. A 10 versus 13 matchup. Boy, this should be good. Uh, both teams, in my opinion, can't afford a loss. Well, Oklahoma, they cannot afford another loss. Baylor is another team also undefeated. However, I'm going to say Baylor picks up the victory. Oh, excuse me. I'm going to say, how do I, who, what do I think the score will be? I'm going to say 45, 45-27. I'm going to go on the limb and say 45-27. App State will take on Georgia State. I'm taking Appalachian State. Uh, 28-10. South Carolina versus Texas A&M. I'm taking the Aggies over the Gamecocks. Um, I'm going to say 37-27. Aggies win. UCLA will take on number 17. I mean, excuse me, number 7, Washington. I mean, Utah. Washington. I keep saying so much. UCLA versus Utah. I'm taking Utah. Utah has been rolling all year. I'm going to go and say 45-14. Utah wins. Followed by Arizona. Challenging number six, Oregon. Oregon, you know, they could be on the verge of losing. But I don't think they'll lose. Because I think they'll get the W here. So I'm going to say Oregon wins. uh, 38-28. Over Arizona. And last but not least, the USC Trojans will take on Cal. I'm picking the Trojans over Cal by the score of 31-20. Now let's talk some NFL. Last but not least, let's talk some NFL. Uh, There are some good games, some good performances this week. Uh, One performance in particular is Russell Wilson. I'll talk more about him at the tail end of the week 10 review. And spoiler alert, he's my player of the week. So yeah, I'll talk more about that also. But just to give some scores from week 10, Oklahoma, I mean, Oakland defeated the Los Angeles Chargers 26-24, followed by the Bears. Surprise, surprise, no surprise that the Bears got the victory over the Detroit Lions 20-13. They're still trash. Baltimore. I mean, you know what? Lamar Jackson in his second year, he's putting on one hell of a show. They defeated the winless Bengals 49-13. Cleveland over Buffalo. Yes, the Browns over the Bills. 29, I mean, 
followed by the Titans over the Chiefs, 35-32. Atlanta, they upset the New Orleans Saints. Yes, the Atlanta Falcons, who have been trash all year long, upset the Atlanta, upset the New Orleans Saints, 26-29. I mean, 26 to uh, 26-29. Getting ahead of myself. The Jets over the Giants, 34-27. Tampa Bay over Arizona, 30-27. The Dolphins at 2-7. They get their second win of the year. Uh, 16-12 over the Colts. Green Bay over Carolina, 24-16. Pittsburgh over the Los Angeles Rams, 17-12. And the Sunday night game saw the Miami Dolphins... I mean, not the Miami Dolphins, the Minnesota Vikings. I got the Dolphins on my mind. They defeated the Dallas Cowboys at Jerry World 28-24. And Sunday, I mean Monday, we have probably one of the best games of the year. The Seattle Seahawks giving the San Francisco 49ers their first loss of the season as they defeated them in overtime. And I was so glad that this game did not end in overtime because I was going to be mighty upset. Uh, 27-24, and as I mentioned, Russell Wilson getting player of the week in week 10, 24 for 34, 232, a touchdown and an interception, six rushes for 53 yards. If you were to ask me who I think are the top three candidates for MVP this year, it'd definitely be Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson, and Aaron Rodgers. Excuse me. Those three, those three individuals. You know, you can throw Tom Brady in there, so on and so forth. But those three individuals have put on one hell of a show this year, especially Lamar Jackson. I mean, Russell Wilson doing his thing on his own. He is just beyond amazing right now. Uh, but as far as I'm concerned, if I were to give out MVP at this moment, I'd give it to Russell Wilson. Not that I'm saying the other two don't deserve it, but as far as I'm concerned, Russell Wilson right now is my pick to win MVP. But then again, who knows? So uh, let's talk about Week 11. The uh, Sunday night game will be Chicago versus the Los Angeles Rams. And Monday, we'll see the Kansas City Chiefs versus the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. On tomorrow, we have Pittsburgh versus Cleveland. I'm taking Pittsburgh. Like I said, I'm done with Cleveland at this point. I'm taking the Steelers over the Browns, 39-7. to On Sunday, we will see the Dallas Cowboys coming off that loss against Minnesota, taking on the Detroit Lions as they travel to Detroit. I'm taking the Dallas Cowboys. I'm going to say 27-21, no, 27-17 over the Lions. Jacksonville will take on Indianapolis. I'm picking the Colts. To win that one. Malcolm's team. Uh, I'm going to say 29-20 to 20 over the Jags. Buffalo against Miami. Miami on a little winning streak. You know, they're, I guess you still say in rebuilding mode, so to speak. But I'm going to take Buffalo. They're looking pretty decent this year at 6-3, surprisingly. Therefore, I'm going to take the uh, Buffalo Bills. I'm going to say 34-24. Uh, against the Dolphins. The Denver Broncos will challenge the Minnesota Vikings. I'm picking the Vikings in that one, 37-17. New Orleans will travel to Tampa Bay to take on the Buccaneers. I'm picking the Saints over the Bucks. I'm going to say 42-14 to uh, Saints win. The, Jack, the, the New York Jets will take on the Washington Redskins, two teams who are clearly just in dire need of wins at this point. I'm going to pick the Redskins to win this one. I mean, both teams are not looking good at all. I'm picking the Redskins. I'm going to say 26-10. to 10. Redskins picked up the victory. Atlanta taking on the Carolina Panthers. I'm going to say 29-14. Panthers win. The Texans will take on the Ravens. I'm going to pick Baltimore over Houston. I'm going to say Baltimore wins 41-21. to 21. Over the Houston Texans. Arizona. They will challenge the San Francisco 49ers. I'm picking the 49ers to win that one. I think they'll get another notch under their belt as far as winning goes. So they'll get a bounce back win if you will. 
So I'm going to say the 49ers win big. Uh, 51-10. Arizona, you know, they got a couple wins, but it's it won't be enough. So I'm picking the Niners over the Cardinals. 51-10. Cincinnati over Oakland. I'm taking Oakland. I'm going to say Oakland wins. Um, I'm going to say 31-0. to Cincinnati is just looking like straight trash. They've been trash all year. Followed by the New England Patriots taking on the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, I guess you can say a, a rematch of the Super Bowl from a couple years ago. I'm taking the New Orleans. I'm taking the New England Patriots. I'm going to say over the Eagles. However, I'm going to say 37-26. Followed by on the Sunday night game, the Chicago Bears taking on the Los Angeles Rams. I'm picking the Rams. I'm going to say uh, 28. 28-17. And on Monday night, the Chiefs will take on the Chargers. I'm taking the Chiefs to win that one, 37-24. And those are my picks for college football and the NFL and anything else that I have discussed on today's episode. Now, I will talk more about uh, AEW Full Gear, the pay-per-view from this past weekend. I still need to finish that. I will have a full review on that. So be on the lookout for that. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much all I have here. Uh, as you all know, continue to like, share, and listen to the podcast as always. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at I'm Rodimus Prime, followed by Three Count Mafia. Continue to like, share, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, at 3CountMafia, YouTube.com slash 3CountMafia. On social media, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. At 3CountMafia, so you can stay alerted on all of our content and anything else that I or the crew have going on. So with all that being said, uh, this has been episode 16 of Prime Talk with Rodimus Prime. I'm Rodimus Prime. You all have a good night. I'll see you guys next time.